Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast. Another edition of Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, if you're abroad and you're not in America, just hello, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, man, it doesn't even feel like Thanksgiving. It doesn't feel Thanksgiving-y to me yet. You know what I mean? Like, I picked up the last thing that I needed to make my um, cornbread stuffing. Uh, I needed four cans of cream and of chicken soup. I don't even know if I need... I think that I needed four cans of it. I think so. I have four cans. That's what I bought. Because I actually forgot how much that I needed. And so I was like, four cans should do the do the trick. So uh, so I got it. But I mean, every year I make two pans of this stuff. I, I should cut the recipe in half, but I don't. Because it's so good, it almost feels like a crime to make a little bit. You know, it's so good. I get it once a year. I enjoy it so much. Even though I throw away most, most of it, probably. Because nobody in my family eats it, man. Like, I grew up... Let me tell you something. When I grew up, I grew up on stuffing. Like stuffing out of the box stuffing, like stovetop stuffing. So I don't know, like stovetop stuffing, don't get me wrong. I'll tear up some stovetop stuffing. That stuff is good. But when I grew up and I tasted cornbread stuffing, I was like, this is, I like this better. And I like this more than I like a lot of things in my life. I like this cornbread dressing, you know, not like dry because a lot of people are like, you know, cornbread dressing's dry, man. And cut me a square of it. Not mine, Jack. Boy, I have the moistest thing you ever wrapped a lip around. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, man. But uh, it's so good. It is so good, man. And uh, and so I got what I need to, uh, to make the dressing. And I got me a Red Bull. And uh, it really doesn't take a lot to make me happy. You know, I'm a pretty content person. And I'm really grateful for that. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like pretty content and low maintenance, but probably from not having a lot, you know, when I was younger. Not getting everything that you want, you know. When you get everything that you want when you're young, I don't think you appreciate stuff as much when you don't have to earn it, I guess. So, uh, so I earn these cans of soup. you're only exposed to like certain things when you're young you know even if you're even if you grow up with parents that are like we want to expose our children to culture and the opera and the finer art like you're only exposed to what the people around you want you to be exposed to and if you live in a certain part of the world like a certain state in the united states or a certain place like you're only gonna be exposed to stuff that is like 
around that place. So if you say that if you eat 10 things growing up, you're given 10 things to eat, your favorite food is going to end up being one of those 10 things. And so I think that a lot of people like, a lot of people are hesitant to try new stuff because they're like, I know what I like. Well, I know what I like. Do you? Like, I think it's good sometimes. Like, and I even got to tell myself this. I got to tell myself sometimes it's good to try new stuff because I'll fall in that rut, man. If I go to a restaurant that that I like, I like, I know what's good here. I know what's good. You know, would I rather have something that I know is going to be good or take a gamble? You know, and there's something about, I don't know, there's something about like sticking to the what's comfortable in life that is kind of comforting to you. You know what I mean? Like you feel in control. You you know what the outcome's going to be. You know you're going to like it. But what if you do something, man, if you try something that's really good? You know, like cornbread stuffing. You know what I'm saying? That's just why I'm trying to convince you. I ain't going to try nothing new this Thanksgiving. I'm going to eat my cornbread stuff. I'm just trying to get you into it and on board, too. I'm trying to turn your taste buds on is what I'm trying to do. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. See, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like whether you try or don't try it, it's not, it's not really like it don't matter to me that much. But it's so good. You know that stuff that's so good. You just want to tell people. You know, you're just like, man, I'm telling you, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Like if a TV show, if you're watching a TV show, and it's good. And you're like, I'm telling you, I already enjoyed it, but I want you to enjoy it too. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, is that good? Is that good? You know, so anyway, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You making your little giblet gravy? You tearing the whites? You reaching down, you reaching down into the carcass of a dead animal. See, that's kind of messed up, man. If you think about it, it's like a dead animal. And I mean, I'm all about eating some dead animals. I mean, I'm. I ain't even sorry. I was about to say I'm sorry, but I ain't even sorry about that. That would be a lie. But uh, it's kind of weird how they put the little giblets in there, too. The little giblets. Like, if they, they put all the the little things in that little bag, the little the little giblet bag. But uh, what if you had... What if you did that to... What if they did that to humans? Man, every episode I end up talking about some morbid crap. But what if they threw all your guts back in Ziplocs and slammed it back into your carcass? But uh, anyway, anyway, um, and everybody don't even eat a lot. Ham's real big here, man, in the South. A lot of people's like, I've got the ham. We bought a ham. Rachel, I've got the ham. What was what, the ham about? Ham's like an everyday thing. I know you might say turkey is too, but turkey ain't even an everyday thing. It's not. Like turkey sandwiches, like the processed turkey, but not like roasting a turkey, deep frying a turkey, smoking a turkey. All that ain't normal, everyday stuff. Ham is kind of like, who eats ham? I mean, ham's good. I, it's good. I like country ham pretty good. But, I mean, ham's not nothing special to me. You know, you slap a pineapple on there. Ooh, it's the glazy ham. Was that honey-baked hams? 
It's a glaze. Ain't nothing like a glazy, glazy piece of ham with a pineapple piece on it. Yeah, I'll just have my turkey cuts. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to you. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think that when you grow up, I, I grew up in a very sheltered environment, right? I grew up in an environment where I was like, this is what you believe. That, I mean, literally, it wasn't like, here's what we believe. And this is why we believe it. it was like, this, Glenn, is what you believe. And I was like, for real? And they was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then, uh, and then they give me a piece of ham. And, uh, and never the twain shall meet. That didn't even make no sense. That just come in my head. <laughs> I don't know why. But, uh, anyways, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. A lot of my the thoughts that I have and logic. Yeah. Never the twain shall them two things meet. But uh anyway. Um yeah, I grew up in a really it was a really religious household and uh and there's nothing wrong with religion and spirituality. Right? Let me say that off the off the bat like I'm not I'm not saying that I grew up in a way to say that um to slam it in any way shape or form but a lot of things didn't make sense to me as a kid and and my mind has always asked why right and there was a lot of things that I was being told that didn't make sense to me that I didn't understand and there was a lot of stuff that was like you just do this and this is what you do and uh and like I remember when I was little, I remember um, we had to read our Bibles, right? Like we woke up and we had, you know, you had your little pajamas, your matching pajamas, like your little transformers. Um, I mean, it's probably the Walmart version, you know, when we were kids, you know, because that's the that's the we didn't have I didn't have name brand stuff like that. So it probably wasn't Transformers, probably Robot Warriors or something. They were like neon, you know, green or something because it's like the 80s, early 90s. And I remember sitting on a they wake us up like at seven o'clock or something like that. And you had to, you know, I'd go in there in my little pajamas and I would get out this huge Bible. The Bible is probably like a normal looking Bible. But back then, you know, when you're a little kid and you got this big old, you got this big old, these, you got the Old Testament on one knee and you got the New Testament on your right knee. And yeah, the Old Testament on your left knee, the New Testament on your right knee, you know, you open that big baby up and you start reading about who begat what begat this guy and the other and and uh so you're reading all this stuff and you're half asleep you're a little kid you're half asleep and you start reading these you know these things you know and there's some i mean if you ever read the bible there's some wild stuff in there man there's people's heads getting cut off there's prostitutes there's you know there's breasts and sin and every stuff in there and uh so i'm sitting there reading the stuff in the morning you know, my feet are hanging off the couch. They can't even touch the floor yet. You know, I'm sitting there yawning and struggling. I look down there at the other end of the couch, and there sits my brother, and he's nodding off like a heroin addict. You know, and he, he looks like he, he's so little. He looks like he has like a big old, like, you know, when you go to a big fancy church, and they got the, the preacher up on the stage and the podium, and they have the big Bible on the 
on the podium. He's down there nodding off like a heroin addict with a podium Bible in his lap, you know, cutting off circulation to his legs, you know. We just about had to amputate my brother's legs because the Bible cut off so much circulation to it. But uh, but we said they saved his legs. Um, they just took the big old pulpit Bible off of him and they were saved. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, like yeah, that's like the environment that I grew up in. So I was like always, I was not exposed to a lot when I was young. And so, um, when I got older, you know, not that I went out, I went out into the world and tried everything. I tried some stuff, man. I did some stuff, but, uh, I think food, man, I mean, this is like showing my age now is, uh, is what stands out in my mind is something that I'm like, why didn't you tell me about all this awesome stuff? Like like sushi and guacamole and you know things like that, crack cocaine. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Um, why didn't you tell me about that? But uh, but yeah, I just think that I don't know. I think that a lot of people stay in their little in their little where it's kind of like green eggs and ham. You know, it's a like the story green eggs and ham. That's really a lot of people might just think that's a dumb story, but let me tell you, there's a there's a lesson in there for you. Now let that be a lesson to you. But uh But yeah, I'm pretty content, man. It don't make it don't take much to make me content. And I mean, um I don't know. I'm thankful for all the people like I'm thinking about stuff that I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for all the people um that have touched my life in a positive way and in a negative way. Because was that was that old saying that they say yeah, it's either a blessing or a lesson, right? And so even the people that that have been a thorn in my side have made me who I am. Bad experiences in life have made me who I am, right? whether I screwed up or whether I done good. And if you think about it, all the people, we all touch so many people's lives every day. Think about all the people that you interact with every day, even on the smallest level, man. Even it it could be the person that, that is the checking you out at a store and somebody was nasty to them and you come in there and be nice, you know, and you thank I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. And you touch their life in a... It's just a little blip in their life, right? But you touch their lives and then they go on to like... Maybe they don't go home and they don't beat their kids because you was nice to them, you see. But, I mean, it's like I touch somebody's lives and they touch five people's lives. And those people, each five of those touch five people's lives. And it just keeps going. It's just it's like this never-ending cycle of us touching each other, you know? And... uh and so I don't know, man, I'm thankful for all the people that have, have been positive in my life. And I'm thankful because I mean, like rough times build character, you know? And if, if life, life just happens sometimes, man, sometimes it doesn't even have nothing to do with nobody else. Sometimes it does though. And I mean, that's when, 
You see what you're made of. You know, you see what you're going to do. Like, there's bad times that have happened in my life. And had those bad times not ever happened, then I wouldn't know what I'm made of. I wouldn't know the kind of character that I have. I wouldn't know that... I wouldn't know the kind of morals that I have or what you what you're, you stand for or what you're going to do, right? I'm not saying I've done everything right. I have learned a lot of lessons in my life by making mistakes, right? I, I just have, man. Some of them, I'm like, I want to try it again just because I don't think I've done it right. And then I was like, yeah, I've done it right. It just wasn't right to do. <laughs> so... I don't know, man. I'm thankful for the life that I have today. I have such a good life today. I'm so happy today. Like, I'm so happy compared to the life that I used to have, man. I feel like I don't even deserve the life that I have today. But uh, I don't know. That's that's like something I was thinking about. And I've been thinking lately. I've been also thinking about, like, my mentality, my reaction to stuff. Like, life's not life's not always what I want it to be in the moment. And I've had to kind of reset and reevaluate some of my mentalities that I'm like, wait, hold up. Man. Like, why, what? Hang on. Because sometimes all it takes is a positive attitude and looking at something from a different angle. Because I can be looking at something in my life and it can look like something negative when it all it is is I'm just looking at it from like I'm looking at like the butt crack of the thing I'm looking at it from the wrong angle right and so sometimes you just I just well sometimes I just need like a perspective adjustment yeah and that's uh man I ain't trying to get all deep I ain't even trying to get I ain't even trying to get all deep on today's podcast it's just where I'm at stuff I'm thinking about so uh, what else? What else can I tell? Oh, uh, let me tell you about um, this guy that I met when I was a little kid in New York. And he told me about going to a prostitute for his birthday. So, <clears throat> well, that's pretty much the story. But let me tell you what happened. So I thought about this. <laughs> I thought about this today, actually. I was this little, I was a little kid in New York. I was at the Price Chopper, right? And I think it was the Price Chopper. And, uh in New York, even New York. I mean, they're so gruff and rough and mean up there, man. The price chopper. That don't even sound nice, man. Down south, we have stuff called like the Piggly Wiggly. I went to the Piggly Wiggly today, as a matter of fact. I did. I went. We have one of the last Piggly Wigglies that I know. I know of a couple Piggly Wigglies in the state of South Carolina, the fine state of South Carolina. But, uh, as Henry McMastoff governor would say i say the went to the piccolo wiggly my dear um what even was i talking about oh so in new york they have something called a price chopper and so i guess we would have something called like the bargain shooter what would we have what would a southern southern hospitality mama's porch what would we have in the south as a grocery store um, the screen door with stuff in there. But anyway, um, let me think, take a drink of my Red Bull here. I'm thankful for Red Bull too. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Um, 
but I was at the price chopper. And I remember, I remember vividly this happening because I was like so blown away. There was this guy there. I was little, man. I don't know. I had to be around. Hang on. Let me like decide what age I was. I would say that I was probably between 10 and 11 years old when this happened to me. So I'm in this in this price shop or whatever the grocery store was up there. And there was this other guy standing there. And he had to be, I would say that he had to be probably um, 19, 20. And he told me that, and we were up around like the Canadian border in, in New York. And because uh, that's where some of my family is from. Believe it or not, I'm not even lying about that. Um, yeah, I don't blend in real good when I would go up there and open my mouth. I would blend in okay till I'd open my mouth, and uh, and I was in this. I was in front of the, all these magazines and stuff, and uh, and this guy just started talking to me like this older guy, and he told me that on his birthday, like when he turned eighteen. Maybe he hadn't long been 18 because he was still excited enough to tell a child about a visit to a prostitute, you know. And uh, to me, that's somebody that's excited about something, you know. That's somebody who has a passion for what they're excited about. If you're just like, hey, kid, let me tell you something. We said on his 18th birthday... His dad took him to a prostitute in, it was like Ottawa, maybe. Like, it was somewhere, like, not far from where I was, right? And uh, and I was just like, I was sitting there being like, man, no grown-up has ever told me a story like that. Because I talked a little bit about how I grew, grew up, right? And, and, uh, and so he's, there's this guy that's pretty much a grown up to me. I'm sitting there looking up at him and he's like, yes, I went, my dad took me to see a prostitute for my birthday. And I was like, wow, you know, I know what that is. Probably. I probably only knew what a prostitute was because I had, had been reading my Bible regularly, you know? And, uh, so he's telling me about it. I'm just sitting there being like, this is a great story. Nobody has ever told me a story about them going to a prostitute before in all of my 10 years of life. And uh, But he was really excited, and he told me about it. And I don't remember really how the conversation ended. Like, oh, I got to go. There's my mom and dad, you know? And the guy's just like, okay. But I just, I don't know. I wonder what happened to that guy. I wonder what happened to that guy. I mean, that's kind of weird, and it ain't okay. It ain't okay. You know, I would, if somebody told one of my kids something like that, and I knew about it, man, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Well, I ain't even going to go ahead and tell you how I react to that. It wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be good. But what I'm saying is, like, it happened to me. That's almost like one of those things that happened to you as an 80s kid and a 90s kid, and, like... I don't know if I think that even back then, if I would have told my parents like, Hey, mom and dad, some grown up told me about going to a prostitute over there. It was that guy over there. 
They'd be like, well, don't go to prostitutes, Glenn. And I would be like, okay. And, uh, and then that would be that. But today it would be like a bigger, it would be like, we'd have an ordeal, you know. It'd probably be on the news, you know. A New York man told a child about a prostitute tonight at 6 p.m. And it would be on the news and every stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah, he just told me about it. He's real happy about it. I remember that today. I was like, man, that guy was happy. He was like, guess what, little kid? <laughs> and I was like, what? Sitting there and chewing my Bazooka Joe off fast and just listen, lost in the story. This is better than Dr. Seuss. But, uh, but what else? What else can I talk about this fine day? Um, this Thanksgiving Eve, Eve. Um, I was thinking about today how much time that you spend on the internet, right? Think about how we just kind of transitioned into spending a lot of our lives in a world that's not even real. Like, I grew up when there were video games, like computer games and like Nintendo and Atari and Commodore and all that stuff. But slowly, we've kind of transitioned into this whole world that doesn't even... It's full of information that's not always the most accurate. But then again, what information is accurate and who determines what's accurate and what's not? Because there seems to be a lot of talk about like misinformation and this is misinformation. But um, the people that are saying stuff is misinformation is are people that that information doesn't fit their agenda. And then like, I don't know, it's just a weird dicey place, man. And but we spend so much time there and we spend so much time like, um, browsing these things. Like say you're shopping on Amazon or something like that, or like online retailers, like you're browsing and you're looking and all the, everything's like taken from the best angle and looks good. And, you know, I'll put that in my cart and you ain't even got to push a cart, man, but you still call it your cart. It feels like your shop. I'll put this in my cart. It's not a cart. You're, it's just your finger on a screen. But you're like, I'm accomplishing. I have a cart. I've gotten a cart. You never run out of buggies online, I'll go ahead and tell you. And you never get a buggy with a bad wheel online. You know, so that kind of takes out the fun out of shopping. You know, because you, you know when you get a buggy and all the wheels are good and then you just got that one that's rattling and spinning around in the back. And you're just like barreling through the store, you know, and you're smelling all the weird smells and doing all the stuff, you know, and, and having an experience, a human experience. We don't even got to do that anymore. We can go in this fake store online and have a fake cart and, you know, have a, it's like a imitation experience is what we're all having every day on these devices that we have. We have imitation experiences because you're not in a nice store. It's some warehouse. It's some underpaid kid in a warehouse pulling these orders, you know, while I'm laid back, you know, on the couch, belly hanging out of my shirt, you know, 
being like, I'm shopping. I have a cart. No, I'm having an imitation experience is what I'm having, man. And I'm not saying that's good and I'm not saying that's bad. I just think that it's odd that we all just are like, we accept this. <laughs> we just do it. I mean, convenience is like a, I don't know, like convenience. Let me tell you something about convenience. It's convenient. And I, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not. There's no deep thought for the day. <laughs> uh, I just made you dumber. But uh, something about convenience, I think that we're just, if something's easier, then naturally, I think that is better. If they're like, well, what's easier? Well, they're like, this is easier. Well, then that's naturally, that's just better. Is it? Is it better? Is easier always better? I don't think so, man. Because if you think about the best things in life, the best things in your life, man, like being a parent. Think about being a parent and how good it is to be a parent. But think about how hard... Is it easy? Is it easy to be a parent? If it's easy to be a parent, you're not a very good parent. If if being a man, that's a cakewalk. Is it? Is it a cakewalk? Yeah. Are you doing what you're supposed to do if it's a cakewalk? No. Being a parent's hard sometimes, man. You know? The best things in life, like... The best things in life are not convenient. I mean, they're nice and they're good. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it is easy. It's not always hard. Like, oh, God. Being a parent's the worst. I'm not saying that at all. It's not always... But sometimes, like, you're you're... You have to deal with some stuff, man. And so it's just, I'm just kind of curious, like, is this really good? Because it's so convenient. Everything's so easy and convenient. And at the t- at the tip of your fingers at all times. It's just food for thought. Or just thought for thought. What does food for thought mean? Just chew on it mentally and digest it. I don't even know what that means. I shouldn't even say things I don't even know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but yeah, it's like a fake world, and we're all having these imitation experiences. At the end of my life, I'll just lay there and think about all the experiences that I pretended that I had. But, uh, let's see. Um, what else can I tell you about? Oh, I called the doctor's office today and rescheduled the doctor's appointment. You know, I'm running out of stuff to talk about. So I rescheduled the doctor's appointment today. And like the lady, I called the lady and I mean, I, I'd set something on my phone to remind me to call me her or to call them early and reschedule it because it's an appointment I can't make. And, uh, and I forget, like it didn't give me an alert or I missed my alert on my phone or something. And uh, the lady at the other end of the phone, like, the lady was like, um, I called it 3 p.m., around 3 p.m.-ish today, right? I called around 3 p.m., and the appointment was for 12 p.m. tomorrow. So it was like 21 hours, and she was like, just in the future, if you could call 24 hours ahead, that would make it easier on our end. Look here. Look here, I just said yes, ma'am. Like I ain't gonna sit there, I ain't gonna sit there and haggle with you over three hours. I'm sorry. I mean, it is me. I'm rescheduling, 
Right. I'm rescheduling, but it was three hours. Three hours. What were you going to do in three hours? It's still, I called before today was over about an appointment tomorrow. Right? Let me go get in my DeLorean and go back in time. See, that ain't being, I ain't being nice. But see, I was like, I fake being nice. I fake was like, yes, ma'am. I will do that next time I cancel appointment or reschedule. But in my mind, I was like not sincere about that. But I mean, I will. I don't purposely be inconsiderate, you know. It ain't even on purpose. It ain't even on purpose. But anyway, uh, that's about it. I'm not gonna drag this out. What are you gonna? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? A lot of people. A lot of people in the states. Do Thanksgiving, uh, do Thanksgiving different, you know? And I think when it comes down to it, it's not so much about, it's not so much about, um, the pilgrims and the Native Americans, like, the origins of it. I think it's kind of a lot about family. I think that's what a lot of holidays are about, about love and family and, and, and uh you know cornbread dressing so um i might even little mess around put a little bit gravy on it i'm gonna go ahead and tell you have mercy lord have mercy i mean i'm glad that i ain't got to go out on black friday no more i remember like really being hard up and being like if i if my kids are gonna have a dope christmas I've got to go walk through turkey farts for about four hours, you know. But now you can. That's what makes imitation experience. I ain't going to complain. I already did some Black Friday shopping because every store is so anxious. That was great. That's great how all the retailers were like, uh, all the retailers were, um, they kept opening earlier and earlier on Black Friday to beat the other ones. And then, like, one of them finally was like, we going to open on Thanksgiving, yeah, and then a lot of people got mad about that. Like those people, you know, they're just so greedy. And then you like the ones that take like the moral high, like the moral stance. Like was there's companies that like our employees, and we will not even open Black Friday. And it's like, dude, you're not one of the big ones anyway. So like, it's easy. It's easy to to jump on board and like what's it called virtue signal if like you're not in the conversation you know it's easy to like stand for something that you're not really you're not even in the game dude you know you're not even in the game you're not in the conversation and it's these guys that are like we're not gonna sure they gave up a little bit of money but they're not like the big like they're not gonna make millions and millions and millions of dollars you know what i mean on black friday but uh i ain't planning on going out i've seen some wild stuff and you smell let me tell you when you go out on black friday you smell them places are so packed you're gonna smell something you're gonna smell a lot of smells after everybody ate all that crazy food too man Woo! i'm gonna go ahead and tell you <clears throat> but um what's going on that's about it I hope that all you guys, I haven't put out many podcasts this year. I have not. I scrolled back through. I was like, man, there's like a Christmas episode, like not long ago. And so, I mean, I do, I want to make an effort to do more, uh, 
of this. And, uh, and so that's what I'm doing today. And, uh, I want to wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, and I hope that you stay safe and well. So much crud going around right now. Folks getting the crud. But, uh, but I hope that you have a good, safe Thanksgiving and, uh, wherever you may be. And if you're not around here, I hope you just have a nice day. See you later, guys.